0: Listening to the sermon podcast of Galveston Bible Church. If you'd like to check out more resources or donate to this ministry, please visit galvestonbible.org. But mostly from wherever you're listening, we hope that the Lord ministers to you through this week's message. All right, so today, um, when we begin, um, I just want to start off with a time of prayer so that we can focus in on His Word and just really get our hearts ready to receive it. Our heavenly Father, Lord in heaven, I I thank you for who you are. I thank you, Lord, that we get the pleasure and the joy of just being with you. And so oftentimes we can just take it for granted, but I just want to thank you for that, Lord. I thank you for everyone here and this opportunity for us to hear your word. I pray that it will be you speaking into our hearts and transforming it for your glory. In your name we pray, amen. So it's a chilly morning a few days before Christmas, and we have the stockings beautifully lined up over the fireplace as the Christmas tree is wonderfully decorated and they have the, all the gifts perfectly lined up underneath. And there's this beautiful scent of gingerbread and a hint of hot chocolate wafting throughout the house. Now, while this Christmas scene may seem ideal, if not perfect, it's not. You see, mom's there and her little girl is there, but dad's not there as he's been deployed overseas. And this day, a few days before Christmas, they hear a knock on the door. They quickly rush to go see who it is. They open the door not to find a person, but a box. A large, crudely wrapped Christmas gift. The mom quickly urges her little girl to go unwrap the box. She runs forward, gleefully starts ripping open the box, and even before she's fully through it, the top of the box pops open, and who appears but dad. I mean, what an amazing gift, this gift of relationship. She gleefully jumps into his arms, as they embrace, this little girl feels joy because she's with her dad. Her, hope to, her hopes to see him again are now realized as, he is, as she is surrounded by his love and her little world is at peace. Like this little girl unwrapped the gift of her dad, we are called to unwrap the gift of God's son, Jesus. And in him, we have true joy, true hope, true love, and true peace. Now, as Jason mentioned earlier, we will be taking a break from our usual in-depth study into Ephesians and diving in to this sermon series, The Gift of God, which will cover, and today we'll cover joy. In that we have true joy when we unwrap the gift of the Savior. Joy in Jesus Christ as we receive Him as Lord and Savior. Now, unlike this little girl, as we approach the holiday season, there may be a different set of feelings that may be brewing in our hearts. For, for some of us, it may be a feeling of a more somber feeling where, due, where someone this year, I'm sorry, it may be a more somber feeling where um, this year would be the first year you spend without a certain loved one as they've passed away For others of us, it may be more of a frustration, as this whole year has looked so different, and now we approach the end of the year where it's still looking different. It's not going back to being the same. And for the rest of us, it may just be a mix of all of the above, but God still invites us to have joy in Him, in His, and we see this explained in scripture in the anticipation as those who were before Jesus waited for Jesus to come, in its realization as we who believe in Jesus have realized our joy in Jesus, and in his fulfillment as we as believers then wait for our joy to be fulfilled in eternity. And all of this is based on the truth that we have true joy when we unwrap the gift of the Savior. Now, before we go any further, I think it's important to address The big question, what is joy? Now the dictionary simply defines it as a feeling of great pleasure or happiness. And a quick surveying of of how we use the word joy or, or parts of the word joy will quickly reveal that a lot of times we tend to use it based on our own personal preferences, which change from time to time. So something you may have enjoyed as a little kid, you may not enjoy anymore. So, and biblical examples of, of this type of joy do in fact exist. But there is a joy that is uniquely defined in the Bible, a joy that is found in Christ. A joy that is based on looking at what is eternal and finding pleasure and delight in it. And what is eternal? Or rather, should I say who? Jesus. Jesus is the source of our joy. And today we will be discussing this joy in its anticipation realization and fulfillment of that joy. Now let's look at the anticipation of joy. If you remember from the earlier illustration, there was a little girl who was waiting to meet her dad. And the background for that illustration is that long before the decorations were put up for this festive time of year, or even that knock on the door, this little girl hoped to meet her dad this little girl anticipated the arrival of her father. Similarly, long before the Savior, Savior's birth, from right as man first sinned all the way through to the prophets, we see people anticipating the arrival of our Savior. One of the prophets is Isaiah, who in 9 verse 6 says the following, "'For to us a child is born, and to us a son is given, and the government shall be on upon his shoulder and his name shall be called wonderful counselor mighty god everlasting father and prince of peace and we see mentions of jesus coming not just a hundred years past or a few hundred years past but even around the time of jesus being born if you could all turn to luke 2 verses 8 to 14 Here we see the story of a group of shepherds encountering the news of the savior to be born. So Luke two, verses eight to 14. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. And on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. Now, this whole sermon series is titled, The Gift of God. But this is a strange reaction to a gift, do you think? Don't you think? Like, fear. They were afraid. So much so that the angel starts off the proclamation by saying, fear not. And as the story continues, we see that their fear is turned into joy. Now, let me give you an illustration to explain what happened. Now, this, this actually happened. So a few years ago, um, the Houston Police Department was pulling over a series of cars. Now, imagine what it's like to be pulled over, right? You have the lights flashing behind you, you're sitting there in your car, and you're nervous. And you're thinking to yourself, man, what did I do wrong? Was I speeding? Is my taillight out? Or maybe my registration's off? And as the police officer approached, and the, the, the person rolled down their window and, and uh, before they could even say another word, the police officer interrupted by saying, Happy Thanksgiving. The reason I pulled you over today was to give you this frozen turkey as on behalf of the police department as an effort to give back to the community. I mean, what? So then... Their fear of being cited underneath the law is now being turned into joy. Similarly, we all deserved and anticipated the wrath of God without Jesus. Instead, we get Jesus. And this is all the more reason for us to have joy in him because we were once enemies of God, but now we are being brought back into right relationship with him. From, and for those of you who may be here today, who may have just wandered into a random church service to see what this is about, I would like to encourage you, if one of your hesitations to, to following Jesus seriously is that you're afraid of not being good enough, I would like to encourage you that God did not come so that we could because we could measure up. God came because we could not measure up, because he himself, Jesus himself, is enough. And that right there is the heart of biblical joy. It is not based on who we are, but on who God is. And so we see that those before Christ waited in anticipation leading up to Christ. But for those of us who are here today who believe in Christ, we now have our joy realized in Jesus, which brings us to our second point, which is the realization of our joy. Now, when I say realization, I do not mean some grand epiphany, but having our hearts changed to follow God. So now we're not just receiving a gift that we don't deserve, but also having our hearts changed to follow him. And in him, we have joy, eternal joy. And oftentimes we struggle to to maintain that joy, to have that joy in our lives, because we take our eyes eyes off of what is eternal and put it on what is temporary. And what is temporary? Everything in this world that is quickly fading away and changes and in the end will not satisfy. Now, I'm not saying that you shouldn't value what you've been given, but you should not look to it for your ultimate joy, that your joy is to be in Jesus, not just when life is easy, but especially when life is hard. As Jesus himself instructs us, In Matthew 5, verses 11 to 2. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evils against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Jesus here, at the start of his ministry, is instructing those who would follow him that they would be hated, reviled, for proclaiming this truth of Christ for having joy in Jesus. And he also offers us a good barometer to see what kind of joy we hold on to, to see if indeed we have the joy that is uniquely defined in the Bible, the joy that is found in Christ. And the barometer sits upon the singular question, when are you able to rejoice? Is it only when life is easy? Is it only when things are really going your way and you have some sense of control? But, or is it also when things are difficult? When life is crazy and unimaginable? Now, to clarify, the Bible here by no means is having you suppress your feelings or is asking you to do so. But in fact, the Bible fearlessly embraces our broken condition, Paul, as he himself was being persecuted, describes his condition in 2 Corinthians 6 verse 10 as sorrowful yet joyful. How is he able to do that? How is he able to both express the heart of his sorrow and yet still have joy? It's because biblical joy is not grounded in our circumstances, it's not grounded in the way things are going, it is grounded in who Jesus is. So that no matter what you face, you can have joy. And what is the reason for our joy? As Jesus says it in Matthew 5, verse 12, it's Jesus himself. As he says, our reward is great in heaven. And what is the most appealing thing about heaven? Jesus. So we follow Jesus because of the more satisfying joy in following him over the world. As we see will lead to destruction now in the past those who were waiting for jesus held that joy in anticipation to jesus and and we who believe in jesus now hold on to that joy in the realization of jesus but the good news doesn't stop there as we wait for our joy as believers to one day be full when as paul says it himself that he felt both sorrow and joy So you know that there is something better to come, that this isn't it. And that brings us to our third point, which is the fulfillment of joy. Now, you do realize that everyone here, everyone in this room, has an eternity ahead of them. It is either an eternity away from God or an eternity with God. And the Bible speaks to both. So an eternity away from God are for those who would reject Jesus As Romans 1 puts it, that they would suppress God's truth and reject the joy that they have in Jesus. And Revelation, the last book of the Bible, addresses this place as it is a prophetic book, so it speaks to what is to come. And in Revelation chapter 20, even part of 21, it speaks of this lake of fire and sulfur where those who don't believe in Jesus will spend their eternity tormented day and night forever. And Jesus himself in his parables describes this place as a place of weeping and of gnashing of teeth. So this is clearly not a place where you want to be, because there is no hope of ever returning back to him, as you will have no chances of ever having joy with him. Now, just to clarify, the Bible here is not trying to scare you into following Jesus. Because we as believers follow Jesus because of who he is, not simply as a means to get out of hell, but it is still a terrifying thought to be separated from God forever. And as we as believers should not be apathetic to the fact, but we should use that to all the more... Be to all the more be willing to share and to minister to those around us about who Jesus is so that we can invite others to have joy with us in him in this life and even more magnified in the one to come, which brings us to the other end of eternity, which is eternity with God. In Revelation 21, verses 3 to 4, it says, And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore for the former things have passed away. Think about it. No more loss, no more heartbreak, no more brokenness. And more amazing than all of that, we get to be with God forever. And just like that little girl, we'll get to be with our dad. So Jesus is inviting us to have true joy in him today. To do so, we all need to acknowledge that we are all sinners, that we've all fallen short and have turned away from God. But if we accept him, if we accept this gift of God who is Jesus as our Lord and Savior and repent of our sins, then we can have joy with him here and then joy in eternity with him even more magnified. So as I close the sermon today, I would like to ask you perhaps the most important question of them all. Who is the source of your joy? Is it Jesus? And if he is the source of your joy, then are you going to him for your joy instead of the things of this world? Are you eagerly desiring to spend eternity with him knowing that no matter what you face in this life, even if it is another year like this or worse, that it's all worth it because because we, just like that little girl, will get to be with our dad. Now I'm gonna close off in prayer as we reflect on these things. Our heavenly Father, Lord in heaven, I thank you for this amazing time to think about who you are and to have joy in you. I ask, O oh Lord, that you would transform our hearts to follow you in the midst of our daily heartache and our daily struggles, that you, God, would draw us ever closer to you. And for those here who, may not know you, Lord. I pray that you would comfort them in your truth and allow them to get to know who you are and to follow you. In your name we pray. Amen.